do after Christmas. That's the title. What we should do after Christmas. Now that Christmas is almost over. Today is the last day. We have been uh, going through a series of messages on Advent and Christmas during this month. Um, and yesterday we unwrapped the gift of Jesus. was the last gift that we had in, in our series of sermons on Advent. Remember? We opened the gift of hope, the gift of peace, the gift of joy. And last night we opened the gift of Jesus. So today I want to go with you to the book of Luke. If, if you have brought your Bible this morning, Luke chapter 2, verse 21 to 38. That's the passage that we will be um, studying this morning. So if, if you want... If you have opened your Bible in Luke chapter 2, verse 21, let's read it. You have it open? There we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. It says, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what it says in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Well, what was his name? Simeon. Who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required... Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child, father, and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we, we pray, Lord, for your word, that your word, Lord, will be a sword that will, um, Lord, that, 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 that will come to our lives, Lord, and that you will, through your word, Lord, you will work in our minds, in our lives, in our realities, in our situations, and that your very word, Lord, will bless us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So the Gospel of Luke presents to us two characters that only show up in the last act of the story of Christmas. Many of us know the story of Christmas and we always focus maybe in the wise man's story or the shepherds, but not many of us know maybe about the story of an old, old man called Simeon and an old lady named Anna. One, one of these characters is this man named Simeon and the other character, just like I said, is Anna. Generally, these two don't appear in any manger or in any Christmas card, but both were important figures in the development of the Christmas story. Now, let me tell you something. We find something in common with Simeon and Anna this morning. Those are the two characters that we will be uh, focusing this morning, Simeon and Anna. Both were expecting something. Actually, if we read the passage, they were waiting for someone. Now my question is, are you waiting for someone? Are you waiting for your Lord? Are you waiting for Jesus? They were waiting for the arrival of this Messiah that will bring freedom and liberty to their people. And this Messiah came, and His name is Jesus. And He brought freedom and liberty to His people. And we are part of His people. Amen? We, I don't know if you know that. We are part of Israel. Right? We are, we are that olive branch. So we are part of, of, of His people. We are the church. It, it's interesting to know that Luke uses a particular Greek word for anticipation. A word that helped to identify them both as people who were expecting the coming of the Messiah or Savior, but with great expectations. In order to receive great miracles, let me tell you something, you need to hold great expectations. Because the greater your expectations are, the greater your faith will be, and the greater your miracle will be. I have a friend in the States, his name is Russell Blackman, he's a prophet. And where I, I used to help him out uh, doing, you know, translations in, in Argentina, in Paraguay. And I, I remember one time we, we went to a city and we, we saw so many miracles, like unbelievable. Blind man uh, receiving a miracle to see an um, a woman that, uh, that had AIDS was healed. And later on she checked with, with, with her doctor, and it was true, she was healed. But the thing is this, and he told me, you know what, Roger, what opens the door for miracles in the life of people? No, what it is, I don't know. Because you never know, right, what it is, what, what is the secret? And he said, it's the level of expectations that the people have when they come to the presence of the Lord. If you're coming to church because, well, it's tradition, and it's just Christmas, and I have to do it to feel better with myself, that means that our expectation level will be, what, low. And we will miss miracles. But if you come to church and you come in your, in your, in on, our, on our daily basis, in your devotional time to Him, with a great level of expectation, you're preparing yourself to receive great miracles. So the secret, what is? To have great expectations. Now take a look at these two guys, Simeon and Anna. Were they just uh, hanging there? Were, were they just, uh, I don't know, hanging around the temple or, you know, like any other day? No, they were expecting the arrival of someone who will bring miracles. And his name was Jesus. So we need to have great expectations. In verse 25, we find this uh, Greek word that Luke uh, uses 
which in Greek, in Greek is pros de homai. How many of you can say that? It's Greek. Now we're going to learn Greek today. Pros hedom. Oh, I have to read it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I memory. Okay. <laughs> so good that this is my fourth sermon in English. Okay. So please be patient with me. Pros, pros de homai. This Greek word, which means to await with confidence or patience, be alert, be ready to welcome him or her when we are speaking about waiting someone. So they have this passion inside of, in, in, inside of them. They have this energy, this, uh, this great expectations. And in verse 25, we read this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. So the word today is keep waiting. But keep waiting on the Lord with great expectations. Okay? Don't give up on prayer. Don't give up your expectations. Don't take your expectations away. Expect great things from the Lord. So Simeon was waiting for consolation. That's what we read in verse 25. As the Bible tells us, he was a righteous man before all the people and a devout man in his relationship with God. Righteous? How you level or how you know if someone is righteous? Well, there's, I mean, we can have different standards, but we, we know, and we, we know when, when we are in the presence of someone who is righteous because we know how he acts, how he uh, reacts, right? How he relates to others. So we know that someone is righteous. We are supposed to show our righteousness to others through our lifestyle. Because in the eyes of God, we are all righteous. Amen? Why? Because the precious blood of Jesus Christ is covering us. So we are righteous in His eyes. But what about in the eyes of your husband or wife or children? Are you showing to them that you are also righteous? Because Jesus Christ made you righteous? He gave you his righteousness. Also, this guy was devout. This old man, this old folk, he was devout. Which means that he had a connection, a daily connection with God. A relationship with him. How we develop a relationship with someone? How? Well, first of all, we have to communicate, right? I mean, I met Megan in Guatemala, but uh, in, in order to gain, uh, to get her heart... Okay, in order to, um, what's the word? Um, en, 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 enamorarte. Get her to fall in love with me. Get her to fall in love with, with me. Thank you. <laughs> because, you know, I have to ask her sometimes some words. I, I don't want to, you know, say something out of context. <laughs> I was about to use the word flirt, but it's not a good word, right? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so in order to get her heart, I have to communicate with her. I have to talk to her, right? And it was hard for me. I, 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 I only took one year and a half, almost two years of, of English, of, of classes, right? English classes back in Argentina. But I have to start having that conversation with her, that communication. And I, know, and I know that for some of us, it's hard to pray. Because we get to our room, we close the door, and we are like, okay, what do I do now? What do I say? <laughs> Lord, you know it all. <laughs> It's, it is necessary that I tell you my problems. It is necessary, Lord. You know them. Please help me. You know my heart. But we need to communicate with him. So, how we establish a conversation. Hi, how are you? And you say, nothing. <laughs> how are you? 
How are you, Megan? Fine, right? She responded to me because I started the conversation. That's how it works. Prayer. Prayer works like that. You have to pray, and then you have to be silent. Be quiet in the presence of God, and He will start talking to you. To your heart, to your mind, through the Bible. I, I often use the Bible, so I, I, I read one verse, I pray, I read one verse, and I let the Holy Spirit talk to me through that verse. And then I continue with the second verse, and I go verse by verse. If I'm reading Luke or any other book of the Bible, I go verse by verse, because it's a conversation. You're not by yourself reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus is with you, and He wants to, to communicate to you. So we see Simeon, he had a connection with God every day. He was a devout man. In verse 26, the Bible says that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now take a look at this. Because this, this man was devout to God, he had a high level of revelation of the Holy Spirit upon his life. Many of us comes to the Lord in prayer saying, Lord, help me because I need your help. I have taken really bad decisions and now please give me a hand. But prayer shouldn't work like that. Before taking decisions, we should pray and not after. Okay? God can solve any problem, but He wants to lead you step by step in life through His Word, through His Holy Spirit. And when you have that connection with God every day, you start walking in the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And He will show you where to go, what to say, what to decide, what to choose. He will tell you. He will lead your steps. And when you follow His step, everything is perfect. Everything is, I don't know, it's like a miracle. Like It, it happens. Every, it's like everything is aligned. I don't know if you have lived that. You know those days where everything works? I know that many of us remember those days that where nothing works. But if you follow His voice, He will lead you. He will take your hand and He will lead you day by day. So Simeon was this kind of man. His expectation was centered on the consolation that Christ was going to bring. Among the Jews of that time, one of the most popular titles for the Messiah was the one of Comforter. And Jesus Christ brings comfort and peace. He's the peace that you need this morning. He's the comfort that your soul needs this morning. And you're in the perfect place to receive it. You will not find it in any other place. It's in the presence of the Lord. When we dwell together, when we have fellowship as His body, His peace comes to us. And you will leave this place, this building different. We all will do. We all do. So we should know that the desire to be comforted, to feel and find comfort, is a universal human need. It doesn't matter what, what is your nationality or language. We all have the need to receive and give love. Amen? To receive comfort. To receive peace. If we continue reading Luke 2, we find, we find out that the Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple courts at the right time. At the, and the same day, baby Jesus was being presented in the temple by his parents. And this is amazing. Look at verse 27. He says... Simeon, moved, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. So the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit also 
move him. Amen? So what we should do after Christmas? Let the Holy Spirit be upon your life and move you every day. Because when you are, when you are led by the Spirit, He will move you forward who? Jesus. Jesus. He will move you to Jesus. Every day. When Simeon looked at this baby, a baby Jesus, who at this time was about six weeks old. Could you imagine that? Six weeks. Or this. He knew that God has kept his promise to him. Here was Emmanuel, God with us, to fix the crooked, to do justice, to bring peace, to provide meaning through his presence, and to eradicate rejection, fear, and loneliness from the heart of those who will put their faith in him. In verse 28, we see that Simeon took the baby from the arms of Mary, his mother, and began to praise God. Now, if you're, if you're a parent, how would you feel if an old man you do not know approaches you, takes your baby from your arms, and begins to sing out loud to your baby? How would you feel? Terrifying. <laughs> okay, so he comes, this old guy, he's just, give me, give me that baby. Takes the baby and starts singing to the baby. How would you feel? If, if you were in the shoes of Joseph or Mary, that was weird. But he knew what, what he was doing. You know what? Simeon was the last prophet who prophesied about the Messiah. And we just read what, what he said. He said, this baby is a rock. And many will stumble because of him. But many will be edified. And many will be builded up on, on top of this rock. The same words that Jesus said to Peter. Hmm? He's our highest rock. And you can be secure in him. So, we finally, we finally learn from Simeon that he was a truly spiritual man. Simeon had an, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, in three verses, we are told that the Holy Spirit was on him. Verse 25, now the Holy Spirit had given him a prophetic word. Verse 26, when he said it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. So he was following the direction of the Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit moved him to go to the temple courts to the right place where Joseph and Mary were with Jesus. In verse 27. So, in three points, what we should do after Christmas if we take a lesson today from, from Simeon. Number one. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Christmas is almost over, but life continues. You will stop hearing the Christmas songs in the mall, in the TV, but life continues. So you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the holy presence of Jesus in your life. Number two, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And how? Start opening your Bible more often. Read about him. I have a friend who, who likes to read the book of Acts. He likes to call it the book of facts. The facts of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit can do. Still today in your life and me. In your life and, and in my life. In our church. In our, in, in our family. So he read the book of Acts three times a year. Start reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. Wants to speak to you. Wants to lead you. And three, let him move you to where he wants to take you. Okay? 
When, when you pray, don't come and say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to get out of this situation. I'm sorry for getting into this, but I need your help. Instead of that, come before Him and tell Him, Holy Spirit, I need your direction. What should I do? What do you want me to do? Amen? Let's go now with the second character. It's Anna. And Anna was waiting for forgiveness. The other Christmas character who awaited with anticipation the arrival of Jesus was Anna. Look at this. After the death of her husband, this woman devoted herself entirely to fasting and prayer in the temple. Fasting and prayer. No doubt Anna was a true intercessor. Amen. She was a woman of prayer. So what should we do also after Christmas? Okay. I don't know how many of you still feel like a... Uh, Really full from last night. I don't know if you have turkey. Okay, gravy. I have it last night. Two plates. I told Pastor Roy last night on the phone. And he said, okay, I will be praying for you, brother. <laughs> Two plates of turkey. So, oh, it was delicious. Delicious. And, oh, I love gravy. I can drink it. Like, <laughs> I like to take that thing and just drink it. So good. But now comes the time that after eating so much, you feel bad, Right? So, a lot of people make, what, a diet after, the, after the, the season, right? After the holiday. Okay, what about using a time to fast? It's not a diet. But what about taking one day next week before the end ends, before the year ends, to have a day of fasting and prayer? Because you need it. I need it. To look for His presence. To start fresh in you next year. With His direction. So Anna, we read in verse 36. That she was a woman of prayer. An intercessor. In fact, the Bible says that Anna never left the temple. But served and worshipped God. Their day and night. Verse 37. Then before we continue. What we should do after Christmas. That's our question today. If we follow an example. We are being called to intercede. Pray and fast for the needs of the church and the community. And also we are being called to serve God faithfully in our congregation. Where she was? She was in the temple. And what was she doing? She was just sitting there? What, what was this woman doing? She was 84, around that age. What was she doing? She was serving the Lord faithfully. Praying, fasting. So what we should do after Christmas? Let's start serving the Lord. Let's start serving others. Putting aside, I don't know, a couple of hours every week or at least one hour to do something for God. Because God wants to use you. God wants to use your life for His kingdom. And look at this. Anna used to serve the Lord day and night. Worship the Lord day and night. We are supposed to do the same. We are supposed to worship God day and night, every day. As verse 36 points out, Anna was in the same place at the right time when Simeon, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, recognizes the baby Jesus as the anointed of God Christ the Messiah. So let me tell you, my friend, that many times, because of, because of, lace, because of laziness or whatever, we miss the chance of experiencing the visitation of God. Many times we have missed the opportunity to see God work miracles 
and wonders in our lives. But if from this day you let the Holy Spirit guide you every day, you will never miss a miracle again. And you will never miss a visitation, a visitation from God, but you will, you will walk in the perfect will of the Father. Instead of looking for consolation or comfort, as Simeon, Anna was waiting. We read she was waiting the forgiveness and redemption that the Messiah will bring to her people. So she had been praying for his people probably all her life. And now she was seeing the answer of God. So we can learn two things from Anna. One, that true intercession is centered on the forgiveness of the people. Don't just focus on yourself when you pray. Lord, here I am with my long list of petitions. And we have a long list, right? And all, most, most of the cases is all focusing on us. Let's start focusing in the needs of others. Number two, the true intercessor perseveres in prayer and fasting no matter the times and circumstances. On the other hand, verse 38 also tells us that when Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God and began to speak of the child to all the people. In other words, she started to what? Share the good news of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Look at this. So we're looking at the last prophet, Simeon, who prophesied over Jesus. And we're looking at the first woman who gave testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ to all the people that surrounded her. She didn't care what they could think. She didn't care oh, what the people will say if I, if I tell them I'm a Christian, if I share with them the gospel. She didn't care. She started preaching the word to others. So as the final conclusion this morning, I just want to give you three phrases. Number one, what we should do after Christmas, be amazed about God every day. Every single day. Be filled with admiration, amazement, and surprise. Number two, be moved only by the Spirit. Be obedient to His voice. Amen? And this is the hard part. Because many of us, we want to do whatever we want. Nobody would tell me what I would do. <laughs> Nobody. I'll do whatever I want. No. We need to do what He wants. Because one day we'll be before Him. And He will, he will ask us, Why, why did why didn't you do what I told you to do? You were supposed to have a great ministry. You were supposed to have a great family. You were supposed to reach many with the gospel. Why, why were you just focusing on your, just your work, just your hobbies? Miss it. Why? And number three, what we should do after Christmas. Let's become altogether messengers of the gospel. Just like Anna. Be a messenger of Jesus. Amen. Would you like to pray with me this morning? To, to finish this beautiful service that we have. May the Lord be uh, blessing you and his, his Holy Spirit. My prayer always is this. Lord, I finished the sermon, but you continue speaking to us, to our hearts. So let's pray. Amen. If you will, close your eyes. Focus on Jesus this morning. It is His day. It is Christmas day. Oh, what a beautiful day. And Father, we thank you once more for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for your love, grace, and forgiveness. 
that the birth of Jesus Christ brought to our, our lives. We thank you for this Christmas season and thank you for speaking to our hearts. We pray that after Christmas, Lord, we will continue living in amaze and wonder. We will continue giving your, you or you, Lord, worship. We, will, we pray for your spirit, Holy Spirit. We ask you to come and fill us once more time. Just like you did in the lives of Simeon and Anna, fill us with your presence. Guide our steps, move us closer to you and lead us to serve you with passion and love. Today, Lord, we take the decision to obey you and listen to your voice every day. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for the congregation that you bless us. And as we leave this building, Lord, our lives will not be the same. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.